0: We've been working our way through a new worship series. Well, it's not new anymore. This is the third week of four weeks, so we're coming to a close next week. Uh, But this series has been on worship. And what does it mean for us to be creatures of worship that are called to worship God? Uh, A community of worship, people who come together intentionally to worship God together. And what does it mean in our tradition, the reformed tradition, to worship the God of the Bible that that we believe in? And so we've been using kind of this, this, these four S words uh, throughout the weeks, and they kind of form a little bit of a sentence. And so we started with, we are a people of a story. We are a people who have a story, a story of God. And the story is represented in symbols. We did last week, right? This week is, it's accompanied by a soundtrack. Yeah, if you just have to look at the beginning in front of your bulletin. It's like the cheat sheet right there. I don't even, where is the front of my bulletin? Right there, there's the front. Right there's the cheat sheet sheet that you could use, the soundtrack. Uh, next week it's going to be that it's lived out in a set of practices. So I want you all to repeat that with me real quick, if you can, okay? We are people with a represented in, accompanied by, and lived out in a set of practices. Some of you were listening and remembered. We haven't gotten there yet. By next week, I hope that all of you can repeat that as that's the point of our entire worship series. And then I, I hope that you could remember one thing or another. Now, when I conceived of doing this worship series, I knew that we were going to have to get to a part where we talked about music. Now in our congregation, music is a little bit of a touchy subject. And so about a week and two days ago, many of you were praying hard for God to get me out of the hospital. I have a feeling that after today, many of you are going to be praying hard that God would send me back to the hospital. But if you feel convicted, or if you feel like I'm preaching a sermon directly against your preferred style of music, and I'm just pointing you out in particular, guess what? I'm not... You are being convicted because there's something you should be convicted of. And so take that to the Lord. Wrestle with that with the Lord. And let the Lord open and soften your heart to be more loving and graceful and kind and gracious to the people that are sitting in these pews around you. So let us come now to our our scripture for the day. First is from Psalm 50. Well, actually it is the entirety of Psalm 50. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his surpassing greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Trumpet players, I'm looking at you. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Any lute players in here? No? Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Praise him with loud, clashing cymbals. Where are our cymbals at? None? We don't have any cymbals in here. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And let us move to the letter of Paul to the church in Colossae. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Music is deeply, deeply personal, and music is deeply, deeply human in in ways that I don't think we understand because we tend to anthropomorphize other things, and we tend to add human traits and human elements to things that aren't human. But I've said this before, and if you were listening close enough, you caught it. There's nowhere in Scripture where it describes angels as singing. They're always saying, proclaiming, speaking, shouting of all kinds of other various verbs, even though singing was very well a verb they could have used, but they're never to be described as singing because I think music is an inherently built-in gift to this material creation. What an incredible thing to think about. Music might be unique to this aspect of God's creation. A gift in which we get to enjoy that maybe the angels don't even get to enjoy. What an amazing thing. And music is deeply personal in our own lives because I've said this before, music is the language of our souls. And so when we hear music, when we sing music, when music accompanies parts of our lives, it wells up emotion and our brains store memory more clearly. Well, maybe not more clearly, but more vividly when there is emotion present. And so music can evoke in us all kinds of memories, things that can come back in ways that we never expected it to when we hear a specific tune. Alzheimer's patients and other dementia patients losing all of their memory, one of the last things to go is music. You go and talk to somebody, a stroke victim, and they've forgotten everything else. They can't tell you who they are, and you begin to sing a song, and what will they do with you? Sing along with you. That's how deeply personal music is. So no wonder when it comes to the topic of music in the church, we can get a little feisty about it, Right? We even have a term for this that's come up in the last few decades, probably about the last 30, 40 years in the church. We've called it the worship wars, right? First, talk about first world problems. There's people in the world who are actually cowering under rocks in fear of a warlord, and we talk about worship wars in our sanctuary. How privileged are we? We get deeply personal when it comes to music, and there's real good reason for it. And we'll talk about that in a few seconds. But I want to play a game real quick just to show how vivid memory is with music, okay? Uh, you've got the sound back on there for me for the computer. Okay, I'm going to play a little snippet of a song that accompanies a story. And as soon as you guys know what the story is, I want you to shout it out as loud as you can, okay? I want you to shout out as loud as you can so it gets picked up on my mic so the people on YouTube can hear it as they're shouting at their TVs. I'm gonna go from the oldest to the newest that I've picked here, okay? You guys ready? All right, first voice I audibly hear, you're gonna get points. With the youth ministry, I always like commit, I will buy you a Snickers bar or something the next week. So if if I hear your voice over and over, it's the loudest first one, I'm gonna come up to you afterwards and you're gonna get whatever candy you want next week. Okay, you ready? I heard Kevin first over here, but I know there's somebody else back there. Did, did Ann get it first? Okay. All right. One point to Ann. Okay. You ready? <laughs> Wait, where? I heard Jaws over here somewhere first. Was that, was that Ann? All right. Two Ann's. What in the world? What's going on here? Okay. You ready? Here's the third one. Some of these are like louder and quieter than others. Man, that was bassy. Ready? I have to give that to Kevin. He heard half a note and yelled "Star Wars." (laughs) All right, next one. Who said ET? All right, no one's got two points yet. I got a lot of candy bars. I'm gonna have to buy. Okay. this one might be a little tougher. I think. Where am I at? Okay, I did Psycho, Jaws. Star Wars, E.T. Okay, I think this is the next one. I heard Gary first, Jurassic Park. There you go. Jurassic Park. You know, now we're going to be like, hit with all kinds of YouTube copyrights. Hopefully I did these short enough that we won't get hit with all those copyrights. Okay, next one. You guys ready? It was actually released the same year as Jurassic Park, but later in the year. you guys ready for it? I heard Schindler's List from Kevin. Ah, can't, you're now two points, nobody else has two points. Someone's gonna try and catch up. We got one more, one more. This one goes a little longer because I didn't know if people would get it. Okay, last one, you ready? The newest one. The new one! <laughs> I heard Ben. <laughs> All right. Right? When we hear a good song, a good composition that comes along with a compelling story, how quickly does that song get embedded into our brains as being equivalent to that story? When we heard the first notes of Harry Potter, the thoughts of all of our young people in this room weren't just that it was Harry Potter, but the entirety of the story of Harry Potter flashed through their brain because of the depth of the connection of their memory, their emotion, and everything that they experienced as they read those books, that series, and watched those movies with that particular song. What an amazing, amazing gift God has given to us. I think that this sign is true. No music, no life. Can you imagine a musicless life? Can you imagine a life where you were not able to experience music, where you didn't know music at all, where there was no music as a part of society and forming society and bringing life and vibrancy to the culture and the people around you? Can you imagine it? No, because music is so deeply ingrained as important in our brains. Music is incredible. then we're going to do another little thing here real quick. I want you to turn to your neighbor in a second. And I want to just remind you of this, that there is a soundtrack to your own life, right? How many of you, when you hear a song come up on the radio, you can remember a specific era or time or road trip or memory or something that's associated with that song because that song was prominent on the radio or in your life or that you just really enjoyed that song during that time in your life? How many of you have experienced that? right? You've had yourself your own little mixtape, songs that influenced your life and brought joy to you or brought emotions to you or helped you through hard times or whatever it is, and they all are songs that inform part of your character and part of who you are. And most of the time, most of the time, those experiences also inform our preferences, the styles of music that we liked, right? if we grew up in a household that really and loved rock and roll in the the height of rock and roll, then maybe we really love and enjoy rock and roll, right? And in that term itself, rock and roll could mean a lot of different things. So it depends on the era you were raised in that particular. If you were raised in a household that loved, loved, loved classical music and they uh, encourage you to play some kind of classical instrument and they encourage musical development in that way in you, then you probably love, love, love classical music. And so forces outside of your control conspired in your life to make you respond to certain kinds of music more than other kinds of music. I want you to turn to a neighbor now, and just for a couple of seconds, I want you to tell your neighbor the song that came to mind when I talked about your own personal soundtrack and why it was important to you in the moment that it was. Just real quick, just two minutes, just turn to your neighbor, give each other a time to share on that. All right, let's come back together now. Many of you probably experienced that when, the, when your partner shared what song they had come to their mind, you probably thought or had emotions flicker in your brain, especially if you're from a similar era, right? You might have had some thoughts and memories come up as soon as you were reminded about that song. We all have songs and music that connect us to different memories and emotions and parts of our lives that are significant. Let's look at the passages from this Sunday to see if we can learn a little bit about some some things that we should think about music in our worship space. Look at Psalm 150. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Praise him with loud, clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. What do you notice about this particular psalm? What's, what's, what catches you in there? Huh? Everything. What? Variety. Thank you, Lynn. You're reading my mind. So the variety is what strikes me in this song. Right? This is very ancient language. This is from thousands of years ago. And yet, they recognized then that there were all kinds of different sounds that can be made. All kinds of different music that can be enjoyed. Different instruments that can make those different music. The variety, the diversity of the gift of music was recognized thousands of years ago as something that was good and is a blessing and should be enjoyed and should be done unto the Lord. Diversity, something that was there. Let's look at the Colossians passage. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We can notice kind of a similar thing, right? Psalms hymns, and spiritual songs. Okay, Paul, writing literally 2,000 years ago to one of the earliest churches, recognizes that in, in and amongst their worship, there are different categories of music which are being used, and he's encouraging them to use all of those categories of music so that the full praise of the Lord might happen in their presence. Right? to enjoy all the forms of music, to enjoy all the gifts of God through music. This is something that is, you see in Scripture over and over again, that there is a diversity. And we get so narrow-minded sometimes. We get so narrow-minded in our churches. Just before the church uh, started, Search Ever started, one of our members was talking to me about what is the tradition that won't even allow instruments to be played in their worship? And there are some traditions they, they don't allow any instruments to be played. It's only a cappella singing of the Psalms, only. That's the only thing that they, can, that they are allowed to do. It's a regulation about worship and their, their services. How many of you feel like they're missing out on something? Yeah, every time uh, Brenda lights up that organ, I, f- I feel bad for those congregations that first of all, don't have Brenda, and second of all, don't have our organ, right? There's a beauty to the complexity of the instruments that can be used. I was amazed when I was in Belgium last year, we, Stacey and I went to this museum, it was Museum of Music in Brussels. And as we went through this museum, there was like these categories of like stringed instruments and wind instruments and percussion instruments and stuff like that. But if, if you looked at them closely and looked at all the little descri- descriptions, it was showing how they developed simultaneously at the same time in different cultures all around the world. Right? Guitars that looked almost exactly like each other, or stringed instruments, right? Wind instruments that looked very similar to each other, like flutes and stuff like that, and yet they were being developed in totally different cultures with no contact towards each other, thousands of years ago. There's something deeply ingrained in us to look at inanimate objects and figure out how we can make pleasing sounds for ourselves, right? And we began to do it. And any of you listened if they had little like recorders that you can sit there and you could type in the number of that instrument and you can listen to a native piece being played on that instrument. And you could see these two flutes sitting next to each other and you could say, if you're an ignoramus like me, they look nothing, uh, you know, they're, they're totally alike. There's no difference between them. And then you listen to the two of them, and there couldn't have been bigger difference in musical style between these two things, right? Amazing. It was an amazing experience to see how deeply ingrained music is into human culture going back literally tens of thousands of years that we've been making music and making instruments and enjoying this. What a blessing it is that God has given us not only the gift of music— that music actually exists, but given us the gift of variance in music, right? Given us the gift of music being diverse and music having all kinds of forms and ways of expression. What an amazing blessing and glory it is that God has given this to us. And if you don't think that's amazing or you don't want to praise God with music, I I, I feel sorry for you because music has played a deep, deep part of my faith life. And if I hadn't been exposed to various different styles of music and come to appreciate all of those styles, I feel like I'd be missing something too. When I hear no matter what song is played in our sanctuary, no matter if it's from the praise band, no matter if it's from the choir, no matter if it's from the, the 1700s or from the last 50 years, it doesn't matter. When I hear it and I hear the heart behind it, when I hear the complexity of it and the, 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 the motion that it brings up and the words that it, that it inspires in my mind, I am led to a place of loving Jesus more because of that music. And that's my prayer and my hope for our whole congregation. That no matter what song is played here, we would all praise and worship God because of the gift of that song to us. That's my hope. That's my prayer. Let's look at some other songs. Or, I mean, some other verses. John 17 says this. The glory that you have given to me, I have given to them. By the way, what is John 17? Do you guys know the context? Jesus' prayer. Jesus' prayer for who? For us. Literally right before this, he said, I pray not just for these, the 12, but for them that would believe in me because of their word. And this is what he prays. The glory that you've given to me, I've given to them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them, and you in me. That they may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Let me highlight the key part of this to me. So that they may be one as we are one. Now, can you imagine Jesus and the Father having a conversation about music? And Jesus is like, nah, man, I really like the Beatles. They're I'm digging them. They're, They're good. And God's like, no, no, only Chaucer. I'll only listen to Chaucer. The father's like, no, only, only this. How silly is that image? That they would disagree and hate on each other's music to the point that they would actually divide over that topic. Right? It's a silly concept. And it should be as silly in and amongst us, his body, as it is in the image of the Father and the Son disagreeing that way. Why? What is the oneness? What is the mind that we should have? Well, I think that Paul says it for us in Philippians 2. He says, if there is any encouragement in Christ... Let me highlight what I think is important there. It's all red, no, I'm just joking. There's Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Regard others as better than yourselves. Look and let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. A church that's of one mind like this, though it might have different styles of natural preference in music, would seek not to have their own style met, but the style of their neighbor in their pew who differs from them. Right? Instead of me getting complaints because we're not doing enough praise songs, or we're doing too many praise songs, or we're doing too much of this particular composer, or that, or whatever. Instead of me getting those complaints, what I would get is, you know, someone in the pews next to me really likes this style of music, and we haven't done a lot of that. Chris, could you do it so that they could have a good experience and a good expression of worship for their Sunday morning? Imagine a church like that. Imagine a church that loves each other so much that they would be falling over each other to make sure that the other person has their style and their preference. You show me that church, and I'll show you a church that is going to change the community they exist in because they get it. They get it. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about my desires. It's not about my styles, my preferences. It's about the one whom I serve and the one he's put me in fellowship with as a body. How do I serve them? How do I love them? How do I think about their interests and not my own? Last two points. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, repeated over and over and over in the Psalms. Make a joyful noise. You want to know what the Hebrew word means? A shout of victorious triumph. Right, if you've ever been a youth playing a game with me and I just won, you guys know what that shout sounds like. Yes, eat that, Jeffrey or Noah. <laughs> right, it's victorious shout of acclamation, of triumph, of joy, of pure just woohoo! How many of you have ever done that before? Good. Well, (laughs) that's true, actually. But they didn't know that until you said it, Jeffrey. So make a joyful noise, shout to the Lord. As beautiful as music is and as wonderful as can be, and I'm gonna tell you this right now, and it's gonna go out on YouTube, and we even have a member of my old church sitting here, and she's gonna go back and tell all the people in my old church, and they're all gonna be mad at me. I've served in churches with excellent music programs. For my entire career, I have had excellence in music and worship Period, always. And depth of musical talent. And yet, I have not served a ter- church with as much talent as this church. I have not served a church with as good a music director as our music director. And I have not served a church with a choir as good as our choir. We have great talent and beauty and music. And when we clap for people who are playing music and, and doing the offertory or whatever else, and we show our thankfulness for them sharing their gift to us, I think that is a praise to the Lord, and I think it's okay for us to do that. But let me tell you, as beautiful as all that is, I would take somebody who has no ability to sing, but who sings as loud as they can with joy and purity in their heart for the Lord, no matter what song they're singing singing any day because it's the heart that matters in worship not to say that quality doesn't matter it does i think and i think that we honor god when we do our best and i think we honor god a lot here but it's our hearts that he's looking for most in that praise it should be a noise And if our hearts are okay, then it's okay. We don't have to be American Idol winners to sit in the pews and to sing our hearts out for the Lord and for him to look down and smile and thank us for his praise. Now let's notice another thing. To the Lord. To the Lord. There's the purpose And I think when we make church about worship wars, when we make it about songs that make us feel good or experience that makes me feel jaunty as I leave worship on Sunday morning or whatever it may be that's in our hearts that isn't to the Lord, then we malign worship. Because in this space, there's one audience. And who is it? God. And so no matter if the song is something that naturally connects to you and makes you feel all great and gooey inside, or if it's something that you just like, ugh, this song again, it doesn't matter when you make it about God instead of you, he is honored and he is glorified. And our church, I believe, in the end result, will be blessed by that spirit And it's all about Jesus. When we finally get it. When we stop coming to church on Sunday morning looking for that inspirational sermon. And how great Chris is as a preacher. Comparing everybody else against me. Or me against everybody else. When we stop that. When we stop comparing different music styles to each other. When we come together and we make our praise each Sunday morning about Jesus. And Jesus alone. Look out world, because here comes Christ's body. In our discernment as a session and even as a congregation, a term kept coming up over and over again, fragrance. And we began to discuss and talk a little bit about could this congregation become a fragrance in the community in a way that that doesn't, uh, you know, we could be two different kinds of fragrances, right? We could be a stink Or we could be a fragrance, something beautiful. And that we would be a beautiful fragrance to the community. The same thing could apply, as an analogy, music. Right? We all have music in our hearts that wells us up to joy, that wells us up to, to good memories. Could we be the type of people that love others, forsaking ourselves and thinking of their interests above our own? and who puts Jesus at the center of our community so much that we become a beautiful song outside of this place to the community that we are in. So that they would hear it, and positive feelings would well up in them, and that they would want to join the song because of how beautiful it is. Go, be that song.